Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our Game Changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. Hi, I'm Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. We're live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to BBC World News. What? A fierce Arctic winter storm. A wild oh. winter system's brutal wrath. Look at here. East. Huge winter storm. People can't help but slide on an icy reality. Once in a generation, winter storm crippling America is now a national emergency. people have died in weather-related incidents and around 110,000 This is apocalyptic. Look, we have I mean, Rob has he has stepped his game up here on this production. Oh my goodness! Look, we're trying to shut. This is a big deal. This storm that just went through. It smashed some food plots. It did. I mean, a lot of things. I mean, you know, I mean, they're. People well, died. Yeah, it's, that's true. Sorry, I forgot it's, about uh, that. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was, and it, you know, it's one of these once in every thirty or so year. I, I can't ever remember single digit temperatures. I don't remember it being six degrees in Mississippi with the wind blowing at twenty miles an hour. What about you, Dud? I do. Uh, of course, but it's been, you know, it didn't happen as quickly as it did. Like yeah. I was. We were covering plants at the nursery and having to take our long underwear off, our jackets off. It was hot. It was, it was over. Oh, you talking degrees. about last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it then it got change. cold quick, quick overnight. Yeah, yes. It was, I was, was staying in North Mississippi for the holidays, and it got down to one Fahrenheit in like three hours. We pulled into town and had short sleeve shirts on. And it was one degree by 1 a.m. It's crazy. Pretty serious. They had water pipes yeah. busting everywhere. Well, Poor old Rob, their whole city, it drained the water tower, huh? Yeah. Yeah, drained the water tower in Louisville, Mississippi, or Louisville, Louisville. I call it Louisville. That's what I call it. I was just, you know. Saying. Well, and so I started, uh, you know, we've been doing this food blood thing a long time. Yeah. And I started getting, te- I started looking at my stuff, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I start getting texts. Look, my plot, what's going on with my, or will they come back? Yeah. You know, and I mean, I'm just getting text after text after text. And then we get, we come into to the office and the phones are ringing, people asking. And it's not our product. It's whatever you planted. Oh, no, and, this is and, not specific uh, to biologic. It, it, yeah. It's, it's everything. So what I thought we would do, I've got two guests lined up mm-hmm. today. Uh, a guy named Mitt Wardlaw and Dustin Wiseman. And these guys are super smart. And they're like plant specialists. They yeah. make their living uh, giving advice to farmers about growing crops and stuff. So they're going to talk to us about 
physiologically what goes on with a plant when temperatures have fall like this. Yeah. Is that and, the first time you've ever used that word? Physiologically? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe it is. And uh and then, you know, part of our problem is our plants didn't get to acclimate. Yeah, that's what I was on. I, I thought, you know, the tubers, the stuff in the ground below the freeze line uh, might be. But you were telling me yesterday that because of the drastic change, that's what Dudley was talking about, a 60-degree change so quick that the cell walls don't have time to adjust or some stuff like that. Well, Something we're going like to We're going to get some professional yeah. insight into this. So that's kind of what we're going to do today. So without any further ado, yeah, let me see if I can get Mitt Wardlaw on the phone. Good morning. Hey, Mitt, uh, can you hear us? I can. Okay, good, good. Look, look, this is Bobby Cole. I got Mac Thatcher sitting here. Uh, we got Lanny at the other end. He's going to hey, ask you hey, a bunch Mitt. of questions. We got Dudley. We uh, appreciate you taking time to join us. What about Rob? Who? Rob. Rob's here. Rob well, Kenny. Yeah, Rob, Rob Kenny's back there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Rob Kenny's here. We'll fix that in post, if you would. Hey, Rob, look, there's you know. very few of us here, so we need to, you know. Call out everybody, everybody that's here. Yeah, yeah, I hope the phone doesn't ring. Cause... <laughs> yeah, because we're all in here. So, who we've got, this is Mitt Wardlaw. And Mitt's from Startville, in Mississippi. He's got a couple of business. He's a ad right. consultant. Uh, and I'm told he's one of the smartest guys in the state. Hey, man, that's, we need those kind of guys. I mean, I got glowing review. Multiple people said, you need to call Mitt. All right. Well, I'm wow. glad you got men on the line. Multiple They're people. So he can make up for you and I. Exactly. That's great. <laughs> so, Mitt, we just want to ask, you know, boy, these temperatures got so cold so fast across a large portion of where white-tailed deer live. What what in, what happened and what can we expect, I guess, is where we should start. Right, yeah. Well, the I was in Lowe's uh, the day before yesterday, and – the only aisle that was full was the, the aisle with the PVC pipe on. So the same thing happened in your, your kitchen when the pipes burst, the same thing happened in our food plots. And uh, so when we start getting temperatures down as low as we did, what happens is, is the water between the, the, the cells and within the cells, they freeze and burst, and that's irreversible damage to that plant tissue. And so that's what causes that immediate yellowing and the appearance that 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 that, that material or that that plant tissue is dead. And that and actually that's what that's what happened. Ruptured cell so walls. I do guess. Do you think the drastic temperature swing had more had more of an effect versus temps getting down that low, but but over a more gradual period? So yeah, I think it was a perfect storm. Um, you know, here in the in the mid south, when our plants they don't go into dormancy permanent like our neighbors to the north have. So they're constantly coming in and out of dormancy during the winter. And dormancy is a way that, that plant protects itself from these exact situations. And so when we go from, I, mean, I remember the night before it got cold. My truck hit 58 degrees the afternoon before. And then when we woke up, it was in single digits. And so when we move that fast from, you know, a plant that's, that's you know, growing and transpiring and then that type of freeze, it doesn't have a, its ability to prepare itself for that type of, of, of conditions. And so that's, I think that's why we saw such severe damage over a wide geography that we did. Um, when, 
in, in our region, when plants get that first frost, they'll start preparing itself. The enzymes in the plant changes. And I don't want to go into the metabolic process. Don't even have the ability to, but that's really what's happening. There's a change within that, that plant that really is preparing itself and ramping up its antifreeze, if you will. And so when we go from a warm spell that drastic, the plant doesn't have time to prepare itself. And that's why we saw the, the widespread damage that we saw. So is there a chance that people in more northern plants might 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 salvage something? Yeah, it is. And so there's there's a lot of variability there. And, and what, what we've seen in the past is if we get a, a blanket of snow or maybe some freezing ice, that actually helps. And so I know during this cold snap, um, maybe Middle Tennessee North got snow. And so it'll be interesting to see if they fare a little bit better than those of us from, say, Middle Tennessee down to maybe Jackson that got that cold weather but didn't get that, that insulating snow, if it'll be any differences there. I would, I would probably say that it is. And then you get into the different varieties and, and, and the plant species that we plant in the food plots. There's a lot of variability there, too, in, in cold hardiness and tolerance. Um, you know, some of these, these northern varieties that we plant they're much more tolerant to this type of weather. They have the ability to, quote, unquote, have a better antifreeze, if you will, than maybe some of the southern bred varieties. And so, I mean, I was on my farm yesterday looking at some of the different varieties and, it, and the varietal differences that we're seeing and the effects of this cold damage or freeze damage is substantial between varieties. We're seeing a lot of differences there. So what are you seeing? What seems to be faring the best? Yeah, and so just... Generally speaking, um, the the grasses seem like they took they took the damage a little better than than some of the clovers, um, and the reason is is because the, the the crown of say let's use wheat for example the crown of that that plant the growing point of that plant is below ground, and so seeding depth actually has can benefit you versus you know broadcasting wheat on on top of the ground and then let it rain in and, and germinate compared to planting it an inch, inch and a half deep, a lot of differences there even. I saw that on my own own place mm-hmm. this year. Um, Never thought about and that. And so anything that we can, the depth of that crown of that plant, the deeper in the soil profile, the more insulated it is. And so I saw some differences there. Uh, but generally speaking, wheat seemed like it took, it took the damage a little bit better. And then we start getting specifically into some of the different clovers. Um, just kind of generally speaking, um, best to worst were, say, Bonanza probably took the cold damage a little bit better. And if you think about it, it's a, it's a northern variety um, born and bred in, in Oregon. Um, Crimson may have been the next. Then you start getting into the Persians and the, and the Bersines. They, they took it the hardest. Um, and I've got some white clover that was you know, bred in Georgia that I've got some that may be a hundred percent lost. Is there any chance that the roots are, are, are making it and then it'll flush back out in the spring? Yeah. So then you start getting into the differences in perennials and, and annuals. Um, and I got to believe that, that the perennials, since they propagate from, you know, rhizomes and stolons, they're going to be, you know, deeper in the ground, a little bit more insulated. I, I feel like they're going to fare a lot better than some of the newly established annuals um now some of the, the, the a lot of guys will plant 
perennials annually and on establishment year, I would say they're going to take a, a pretty good hit as opposed to a perennial that's been established for a few years, got a good robust root system. Um, they're probably going to come out of this a little better than, than one planted on establishment year. Yeah, than all the clover I planted this fall. Yeah, you know, clover is <laughs> well, a pretty tough plant. Yeah. It, 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 and if it's established, just got a pretty good root system. I yeah. feel pretty confident about it. You know, some of our non-typicals and clover, well, oh, about sure, them bouncing back. Yeah. But what he's saying makes perfect sense about it. Because it, it's like we were talking yesterday. If you just don't get that root system established, right. the further north you are, it's, it, it doesn't overwinter well. Right. Mitt, I would like to think that, you know, there obviously there's a lot of variation in clover by, by species and, you know, annual versus perennial, et cetera. You were talking about some of the different, you know, the balances, the bursemes. Uh, then, you know, some of that Georgia perennial, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, so I know clovers can have hard seed coat, soft seed coat, and, and even within the same variety, uh, they can throw like a, a greater percentage of hard versus soft. Do you think that some of those hard seed coated clovers that may not have sprouted in the fall, may sprout in the spring and help help save us on some of that? I, absolutely, and that, that's variety-specific, too. And so some some varieties, by nature and God's design, have much, much more um, hard seed uh, than other varieties. And so, generally speaking, what it takes to get that hard seed out of that, that dormancy is, you know, a wetting and drying a rotation or a, a freezing and thawing rotation all those can help break that that dormancy from that hard seed that's just you know the lord's way to of of making that plant sustainable over years and over different you know um conditions um so that's another varietal characteristic some don't have uh the capacity to have as many hard seeds as others but absolutely uh, we could see some more hard seed germinate between now and spring um i don't necessarily think that's going to be the difference between uh, a failure and not um again depending on varieties uh, one thing about this freeze damage you know what you got pretty quick I admit i'm worried about my deer right now not mm-hmm. not this spring uh, you know Good point. It's, trying it's, to think of ways, they need nutrition right now you know i think if there ever was a year to have some supplemental some protein right going on that this is the year that's exactly so, yeah right yeah. Uh, i mean I, well that's um and I've gotten a ton of phone calls about this very subject. And that's that's really what the interesting conversation is to, to us right now is what percentage of the deer's diet and, and this is gonna this is gonna be different, you know, across the landscape, but what percentage of their diet is dependent on our supplemental food plots. Um and I don't know I don't necessarily have the answer for that, but um Well that was one of the great things about brassicas is that you know, they overwintered well. Well, admit, I tell you, when I walk, I've walked my place looking depressed, but I'm seeing a lot of native vegetation that oh, yeah. they normally would be brown that's Got just hammered. as dead. That's Correct. Right. And yeah. non-native, like, you know, I hate to say it, but privet, you know, that, that can be a good food source in the winter. Uh, mine's brown. Yeah. Hmm. Brown as can be. Hmm. Right. That's uh, right. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'll throw this out here. You know, I'm the oak nerd, but... Uh, I sure would like to think that folks have a lot of little bitty red oak acorns on the ground yeah. in the leaf litter right now. Yeah. 
That's true. Lanny, did you have a question? Yeah, I, I just wanted to ask Mitt specifically about brass because I know you hit on grasses and clovers. Um, but, you know, the, the varieties that have, you know, tubers or stuff that like radishes and other things that, that penetrate deep in the ground, how do you think they'll fare? Yeah, any 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 plant species that, that has some protection, maybe the growing point below ground, um, that that's going to be – that's going to weigh in, in its, its favor for sure. Um you know, the plants that are more susceptible and have their growing point above ground or annuals or newly established, those are the ones that are going to take the hardest hit. So any type of, you know, reproductive, you know, tubers or rhizomes or stolons that are below ground, um, I, I, I think they're going to fare much better through this and recover a lot faster. So those tubers may get a little mushy, but those deer, deer, they're still there for the deer to go eat. Right. Will they regenerate the top again? I don't think those radishes will. Because gotcha. that, that yeah, and so what we what we hope for is that you'll start seeing some you know vegetative regrowth. And the best thing that can happen is the weather forecast that we have you know coming up. It's going to be you know seventy degrees for several days. Um, we'll have a little rain that's going to warm the, the soil up, and so that'll be that'll be really really important to get whatever new vegetative growth that we're going to get from living tissue. It'll start it'll start coming out and and, and showing us what we have in the next you know, week to 10 days. I know I've seen Toxie do this. Like when those warm spells and rains come, he'll top dress with a little nitrate. You know, is that something that would be a benefit? It it could. And that, that brings up another important um, topic is that, you know, the the way that we have the, the nutrient levels in the soil also can, you'll see differences in that and, and potassium specifically because potassium acts as, you know, it and the sugars are the main component in that, "Quote unquote antifreeze that, that I'm talking about, and hmm. so uh, adequately fertilized um, food plot or, or plant is going to fare that type of weather better than one that may be deficient in, in potassium. So that's another thing. So on the on the nitrogen side, anything that we can kick off, um, you know, so, uh, some new regrowth um, and nitrogen would be a be a great source of that. Um, that could be a good idea if you could get out." get out ahead of this rain and, and, the, and the warm front that we have coming, that could actually benefit and put more, you know, green forage above hmm. ground. Yeah, I know a lot of folks cut corners this year because of the fertilizer prices. Yeah, yeah. And- so, Mitt, let me ask you this. In your experience, I'm not sure how old a guy you are, but have you ever seen this happen before like this? So, uh, I, I can't remember. I'm 48 years old, and I can't remember it being this bad at this widespread. Um, I've, we've seen temperatures this cold before. Um, actually we've seen temperatures colder without this type of damage, but I really think the, the, the culmination and the perfect storm, if you will, is the drastic change in temperature from, you know, some good growing days, you know, middle to high 50 temperatures for, you know, a week or so, then immediately drop into single digits. I really think that was the perfect storm in, not allowing that plant to ramp up that protection, if you will, and, you know, causing that, that freeze damage such, at such a widespread level. Yeah, so I, what, what I'm hoping is that guys just realize, hey, this, this is pretty rare. And right. so they shouldn't expect this to happen every year. And we should get right. right back into the food plot game just like we always do. But – you know, this 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 it makes a strong case for you know soil tests and proper amendments and you know a variety of plants yeah, and clovers. I mean, so USDA puts out a, a hardiness zone map, and anybody that's planted food plots, they've seen that the United States map, and it's it's 
color coded um, from north to south in those zones. And, and basically, that's um, the adaptability or suitability index that we can rant, rate plant species on adaptability to our regions. And what that zone is is based on is the the long term average annual extreme minimum temps. And so for our region, um, you know, here in, in North Mississippi, uh, we're in that zone seven to eight. And so that that temperature that that they use for our zone is, you know, 10 to 20 degrees. And so you can see that, you know, when you drop 10 to 15 degrees below that zone of, of adaptability on those plant species, and you got a, you got a, a, a variety that's, that's adapted for that level marginally, any dip below that, you can see where I'm getting, I'm starting to get some damage and it's relatively speaking. So it's going to be really interesting to see from, north to south how widespread um this is going to be um because relatively speaking their temperatures were 10 to 20 degrees lower than their normal um average lows and so we got a lot to learn in the next seven to ten days yeah yeah I, i'm getting calls from georgia yeah. south carolina uh, uh, uh i talked to mark drew this morning smash man he's yeah he's he was lip poked out and so it, uh, mick mick we really appreciate you coming on and yeah and, and talking we need to get you i've had a lot of people tell me we need to have you on here so hey, he's in starville why can't he come yeah, over and hang need, out yeah you need to come sit on the couch and let us uh, i think i think they're just being kind no 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 but i'd like hey, we do cook lunch now, so. <laughs> yeah well, any any time well so we'll stay in touch uh we we, we do appreciate it and uh mitt what do you no uh, worries. tell Y'all us about what you do real quick before you go yeah, so I'm a I'm a crop consultant uh, by trade. Um, we've got uh, Southern Ag Consulting is is the name of our company, and so we work in in five states. Um, we're on several thousand acres of of uh, row crops. We're on uh, the, the the farms weekly, really making assessments to anything that can limit yield or limit profits we're looking for opportunities to mitigate that, whether it be insect disease, irrigation scheduling, variety selection across all the commodities that we grow here in the Southeast. And then I've got another company called Mid-South Resource Management that we do, um, you know, land and timber management, more for recreational side on, you know, habitat management, prescribed fire, herbicide applications, you know, mid-rotation in timber, um, anything that we can do to enhance the landscape to grow, bigger bucks or more turkeys we're passionate about it yeah that's right up our alley i can right appreciate there, so. that oh yeah, yeah for real yeah so sound like mitt we need to get you over here so let's let's stay in touch and uh and i sure appreciate you calling me back this morning hey no no problem enjoy the visit yeah okay thanks, thanks mitt. Thank you. have a good holiday yeah now so i mean i was told he knew his stuff and i think it was, it was pretty obvious sounds like he did i loved his analogy about the antifreeze oh that, yeah that, that makes, makes a lot sense, of sense to me and the yeah. pipes busting you know that's he's talking about the sales so yeah get it yeah yeah all right so look next i've so we'll get a little different perspective a little more midwestern perspective we've got a, a guy named dustin wiseman let me see if i can get him on he the sounds phone. smart uh rob i'm sorry i didn't <laughs> mention you earlier i look and this camera's blocking your view and i'm just uh mm. Mm, 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 mm. You know, uh, there's very Rob, few of us here. I mean, I'm a youngest child and a redhead, so I'm used to it. <laughs> okay, here we are. We're calling Dustin. Hello, 
Hey, Dustin Wiseman. Bobby, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Man, doing well. Yourself? I'm doing great. Look, let me just set the table. We've got Rob Kenny sitting over here on the board. Mm-hmm. We've got Mac Thatcher that will fact check you with veracity, I must, must add. <laughs> veracity. We've got uh, Dudley the Phelps, Dudley who has uh, got one foot out the door heading to New Orleans to go do something this weekend. Oh, nice. And then we've got Lanny over mm-hmm. here, who's got more questions than, uh, than you've ever experienced, I would expect. <laughs> so, Dustin Wiseman is a guy who works for a huge ag company. And he's a crop consultant, plant specialist kind of guy, but he also he's a big deer hunter. He he's listens to our podcast. He communicates with me a lot. He helps Mark Jury with his food plot. This guy knows, knows what, what he's, he's doing. doing. Yeah. Sounds like it. So I, uh, Dustin, look, look, we're happy to have you on here. Thank you. Yeah, good to good to hear from you. I've heard a lot about you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure. So, Dustin, we'd like to just start with kind of your interpretation of this major weather event that we that we just went through and what guys in the midwest can expect with their food plots i would call it almost a disaster to speak but uh as we as we move along uh, we'll see that some of these species of plants actually survive well in some of these cold temps but overall it's not something you want to see in december and really we rarely see this in December. Uh, it's been a lot of years since any of us have seen these colder temperatures this early in the wintertime. We just had a guest on that was uh, from our part of the world down here that explained that, you know, it, we went from 58 degrees to single digits within a few hours, and that just it was just really detrimental to the plants. Did you guys experience that up in the Midwest where y'all, where you are? We did. Uh, in about uh, about a four-hour time, it dropped almost 30 degrees uh very drastic and you know these these plants are very hardy but when you have that extreme temperature change they really don't have time to uh i guess it's kind of we're we're kind of like humans you know we prepare well those plants didn't have time to prepare and uh that that's really what hit hard uh, especially uh, in our area and, and really across the whole midwest mid-south dustin I, I i tell you this whole thing is just depressing and i'm i'm worried as are many people about our deer right now. Yeah, they uh, they're not used to this. I mean, they're you know if you get up in in Iowa and northern Missouri, they they've got the winter coats. They're they have uh, acclimated to that weather. They're used to it. But I tell you what, with uh, as much as we put into food plots and work and and try to uh, give these deer as much nutrition as possible, then Mother Nature is very uncooperative uh, it puts them in a bad position so a couple of things i know lane's got a question i'm just going to jump in here real quick dustin if you would i think you told me that you had some a chart perhaps of some temperatures that you maybe so that that plants can survive down to could you kind of explain that and then lanny i'm looking at him he's going to ask you is there anything that a guy can do right now to try to help these plants that are out. In other words, can he go spray a liquid fertilizer on top or a possum ammonia nitrate or something like that? What can we do? Okay, so different species of plants have different uh, temperatures, and I call it winter hardiness. So if you think about a, a plant, plants are made up of two main components. It's mainly carbon and water. So like a grass crop, you're talking it's 80, 85% water. Most of the remainder of that is carbon. And so 
when you get cold temps like like we've had and they freeze well that water's freezing that's drying that plant out so like on uh wheat for instance you know it can handle temperatures down in negative 10 degrees without really having much die off some of the leaves will burn back but it's going to be real hardy where is you have something like a radish that has a higher water leaf content of up to even 95 percent uh more of that plant freezes off and so that's where you get your losses at and so as you go on through like oats it can handle five degree temperatures without a whole lot of issue you might see some die off on the top but the root is still there and you're still going to have some green growth once these temperatures warm back up so like you all uh, your temperatures, I think, today is in the 60s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we got T-shirts on. Yeah, about to rain. <laughs> yeah, so what, like Bobby was saying, what can we do? You know, can we apply some fertilizers or, you know, is there something specific we could do uh, in the meantime to try to give them a little help? So when, when the tops freeze off, like like a lot of people have right now, uh, there's not a whole lot of foliar that you can do because you have to have that green tissue on the plant to, to get anything into it. And with everything being burnt back, you don't have that movement of nutrients through the plant. Uh, so really your best option, unless it's like a winter grass, which should have some green tissue, you could foliar feed that. And I, I would highly suggest you doing that. But if it's, if it's something like clover where the tops have burnt off or you've got some radishes or turnips that are burnt down, your best option is a soil, soil applied fertilizer. And, and uh, Dustin, don't you expect that these clovers are going to bounce back from the roots if they were established? Yes, established clover, uh, you have to have sustained temperatures down in the teens to even zero degrees where, where you're getting a lot of soil freezing going on. So say the soil freezes, down to three or four inches deep, uh, you could have some kill off, you know, in, in your all's area around West Point. But I, I would suspect with the temperatures we had that the clover, mature clover, should rebound as we get better temperatures. Do you think there'll be any differences? Like my understanding is the the daikon type of radish uh, has more water content in the root, and that makes it makes it less hardy like i expect to go back to my radish plots and see that root you know rotting Rotting. but what do you think about the the more dense roots like turnips do you think they'll have a better chance at you know maybe re-sprouting a little bit of green out of the bulbs yeah i I would suspect that turnips will so in in 2021 we had temperatures here in southeast missouri it didn't hit the whole midwest or mid-south but it got down to negative seven negative eight in february and uh, i do a lot of cover crop up in my area and we had some turnips and radishes survive and yes you're spot on with with what you're talking about on the turnips you will have some of those survive especially the further south in the country that you move uh the further north they're going to struggle to come back out gotcha so I've always, you know, down in the south, I've always been pretty hardcore on the radishes, but that that might encourage me to, I don't know, have ten percent of it turnips, yeah, a little bit, yeah. you know, a little bit of rape mixed in there, that kind of thing. Our winter bulbs, it's it, it's it's something that a yeah. guy could have a on his place for sure. But again, this is such a freak deal. I don't think anybody needs to just completely change their plan every year 
but maybe tweak it a little bit. Uh, well, it does make a strong case, just as always, for clovers, you know. Yeah, and, and I, it, I was mentioning to our last guest, Mitt, that, you know, diversity wins again. If you've got absolutely. some oak trees that dropped, a, you know, some red oaks specifically that, uh, you know, there's a bunch of acorns still in the leaf litter, um, things like that, that would that would be good to have on your Definitely place. Definitely a bonus sure. this year. I'll tell you what, and if you're near a tractor supply and you can go get some BCP and put it Do in it some kind it. of a protein feeder, yeah. I would encourage guys. That too. No if doubt it's about legal it. where you are. That's right. And it's yeah. got the soybeans in it, so it's good for the turkey. So, Dustin, what, is there something we should be asking you that I'm forgetting to ask or, or something that you need to exp- explain that would help us feel a little better about this scenario? Well, you, you touched on a good point uh, as far as having diversity. Uh, that's one thing to keep in mind. And you all have done this on your podcast before, talked about it, is, you know, the, the winter grasses that you all have uh, is very important and because they handle these type these extremes so well it it doesn't happen often especially down in your all's area but as you move further north towards uh central missouri iowa get get west into oklahoma you know having that diversity is huge because uh somebody mentioned a little bit ago about uh canola or rape um those that actually that plant actually has a very good cold tolerance it's almost like wheat and oats and rye, where you still have um, that broadleaf type plant that that you can have a lot more diversity in your plots and, and not really change it, but give the deer that option and still have that nutrition out there. Uh, I think that's really important for everybody. Go brassicas! Wow. Well, Dustin, uh, you've been ta- you've got uh, don't you have a daughter that killed the first deer this year? Uh, Hadley did. Yeah. She's 10. She killed one actually last year. She killed a first one. And, uh, for it was, that was a moment we will never forget. Yeah. I, for sure. I remember we need to play the horns for her. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Those first deer are pretty special. Woo. So Dustin, look, we really appreciate you jumping on here with us. And, uh, have you guys got any more questions, Mac? Have you got a question? No. So, yeah. I'm good. Look, I, I think the takeaway from this, Dustin, while you're still on here, is that this was a rare event. It is, but it's also a great learning experience. You know what I mean? And and I think my my takeaway, we always talk about what did you learn. G- gamekeeping isn't easy. No. And occasionally there's going to be these setbacks. But Look, that's the fun about it. We talk about it all the time, but you never quit learning. You never – I mean, there's always something to do, always something to learn. It's a, it's a moving target. We all know that. So, I mean, hey. Like yeah. Dudley said, it's a great learning experience. You know, we might find out that it was a great year to establish clover because of the freeze. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe it, it killed some invasives. Yeah, something. yeah. That's that's a good point. Killed and some then, honeysuckle. So, and and this isn't just <laughs> this isn't like a biologic problem. This is a food plot problem. No, so it's no a matter de- whatever you it's planted, a, it's, yeah, you just it's had a, this. It's a deer issue. We habit, all we all owe it in deer issues. Yeah. That's right. Everything. That's so. Right. Uh, we hadn't really discussed it, but, uh, I always like to look for the positive. Uh, Lanny might disagree with that, but, uh, on the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, this cold may have created some type of disturbance, you know, like we like to burn to create a disturbance. I was thinking the same thing. This cold may have some positive effects. Yeah. I mean, Uh, make it, maybe the clover gets an earlier jump. You know what I mean? uh, You never can tell. Yeah. And I think too, just like I mean, we're we're gonna over the next you know a couple of weeks, we'll see what this did to the you know endure radish too. Is it enduro or enduro? <laughs> we had the new radish we have, you know. Yeah, so it'll have a denser root. It should have it, so we'll be able to you know 
learn more about, you know, I guess the diversity and everything else that we need to plan for these things and supplemental feeding. You know, we talk about it a lot, but we often leave the deer woods and forget about the deer in their most stressed time of the year. And this year is probably going to be worse than ever. So yes. we need to think about them guys. Yeah. We need to be doing, doing do, what supplemental feed if you can, you know, do it in the right way. And, uh, it'll yes. be good. One other thing I learned is uh, if I don't mention Rob's name, he pokes his lip that's out. That's right. So yeah, that's always put that, that. In, isn't it? I tried to get Toxie for this, but when you call Toxie right now, his voicemail says, you got to be kidding. <laughs> you know I mean? So he's not, uh, he's not answering the phones right now. He's out, he's out hunting. He's enjoying time with, in the woods with the family, so that's good. All right. Well, so without any – I don't think there's anything else. Dustin, yeah. thank you for being on here. Thank Thanks, you so Dustin. much. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Enjoyed it. Appreciate All right. Take care. Guys, you need to take care of your deer herd out there right now. It's going to be a really, really tough Mm -hmm. remaining part of the winter for them. So just do it the right way. Be careful. And, uh, Lanny, if you don't have anything else, I'm looking around the room. I think we're all good. So Say goodbye, Dudley. Yeah, why don't you uh, say goodbye, Dudley? (laughs) Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Rob. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.